previously on CCTV. So what? You bought a pair of shoes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so <like>. petty. <laughs> Speaking with children and money, that's when it gets kind of fun. This talk. is one of the best songs of all time. They got someone who was tall and someone who was short. I don't think people like really like realize how yeah. bad. Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. So the new member, Farah, who had been in the group around six months by that point, left Destiny's Child. There are some conflicting reports about exactly what happened, depending on whose side you're listening to. But general consensus seems to be that Farah did not like the way she was being treated by Matthew. And it all reached a boiling point when after missing a few events due to an extreme bout with an illness and needing to recover in the hospital, she was not met with any concern from management. And she claims that Matthew told her, as long as Beyonce is here, there will be a Destiny's Child. So according to the members, Farah also was not handling the stress of touring very well, and she did not have the same work ethic as the other members. And they claim that one day, Farah just didn't show up. But Farah has since noted that she was ill and no one even told her the next flight schedule. So even if she wanted to show up, she wouldn't have known where to go. <laughs> so the remaining members, Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle, decided to remain as a trio, though Farah's vocals would remain on a couple of the tracks on the upcoming third album. I get the whole... Beyonce's here so we don't need you thing but dang that really shows you the kind of like MO that he was operating under right so when you think about or when anyone like especially the black community you think about like the makeup of a lot of girl groups there aren't a lot of like dark-skinned brown-skinned women during this time where Destiny Child was coming up lighter was better hip-hop videos would dictate that all this stuff was happening I mean look, I mean look at who they replaced Latavia with and Michelle and, and Latoya with, you know what I'm saying? No offense to either one of those girls. And we, maybe that's just the way things worked out, but it doesn't help again with, again, the makeup of how girl groups were starting to look or how like black media was starting to shape their beauty standards even more toward like a oh, lighter is better. You know, you know, light skin is really good. Beyonce is talented. I will give her that. I love that for her. She's very talented. The work ethic is definitely there, but I cannot sit there and pretend that when I watch these videos, the light-skinned girl was in the middle, constantly. Kelly would be there, yes. Latoya would be there, but, but, but who got most FaceTime, right? So may not have been like, obviously said because it wasn't in media's place to really say it. That's a conversation that Black people have on a, on a regular. Like, oh my God, I love Kelly because she's brown. Me, I constantly get slotted as like a Kelly because I am brown-skinned, which is completely fine. She's talented. But again, it's just one of those things It's like we didn't really get to see the other members because her dad was very mm. for her producers who were also predominantly men and from the hip-hop R&B culture kind of lean that way too. And I hate to say that, but it's pretty colorist, but it's true. It happens all the time, right? Um, so again, love Beyonce. She's great. She's very talented. But her father's obvious bias with her for being a child and then the industry's obvious bias as well, I think played a part into all of this bullcrap that was happening and I feel so bad for the members that love even Farah. <laughs> even Farah, I feel really bad for her because she didn't deserve to get treated like replaceable because at the end of the day even if it is a business like she's still a human being and whatever the situation was they didn't like her whatever whatever the case may be it just sucks that she was treated badly and told whatever at the time mm -hmm. but probably being feeling like oh my god Beyonce is the reason that I can't do this or I can't be in the group you know they may not say it but they're like, oh, well, he's focusing on protecting his daughter. Like, again, he'll never be like, 
even if Beyonce was the problem, say, Beyonce, you need to take a little break, you know? But no problem dropping off Farah when she's sick and telling her to go home without her luggage, right? So, uh, between the colorism and then the obvious, like, push from her parents, I feel like this group's face has changed so much, but kept her in the center for, like, obvious reasons because she's talented but also more like nuanced reason like what i mentioned which is why i kind of brought it up mm-hmm. um but again shout out to michelle and farrah for like sliding in there but it it, it sucks that it kind of seems like destiny has only one favorite child in that sense yeah you know so i'll get off my soapbox now but yeah feel free to drag me in the comments or wherever but that's just my kind of like my last thing i want to say about that um just kind of so what do you up. so farrah is more light-skinned mm-hmm do you think that was actually so I've actually read some comments and I don't know how prevalent these comments are, but that Farah actually, because she was light skinned, she looked a little too similar to Beyonce. I'm in tears. And they felt that. She, no, I'm serious. I was reading that like on the jump in. I think it was some jump and jump in video comments. <laughs> but I don't know what you think of, of that. You know what? Uh, just kind of going back to the colorism thing. Yeah. The light skin, the light eyes the hairstyle granted she is shorter i don't think they look exactly alike but again if you look at like a rapper's favorite kind of girl it's either like they're they're kind of phenotype unfortunately but yeah that's hilarious i mean she replaced latavia for a reason and then she got thrown out i i would hate for that to be the reason like oh you look too much like my tall well, i don't think it's a reason i think it's just a factor where oh, they're, factor they're kind of like you know my yeah, bad. Yeah. sorry fact that's hilarious i didn't think about that but i mean when they did the jump and jumping video and they went to her on the bed, I did think that she was Beyonce for a second. Mm-hmm. For a second, but nothing like, oh my God, now that you say it, but like, no, I didn't think, oh, wow. So Matthew was definitely the biggest factor, probably the main factor of why she was kicked out. And it's kind of terrible that she was sick and they were just like, if you can't make this flight, you're out. <laughs> you know, Like, we don't care that you were in the hospital. But can we just talk about Farah's actual like talent for a minute? Um, there is a lot of footage of, you know, her not sounding great. She actually did have a similar airiness to what Latoya had. Um, so vocally, she did kind of take that spot. But again, she came in replacing a group of women that were working together since they were children. So it yeah. takes some time to get that blend going. So to be fair to Farah, I think if you gave her a few more years, she would have gotten a lot better. Like you look at Michelle... Mm-hmm. Yo, she she became a star years later. You know, those first couple true. months and years were a little rough for her. So yeah, I think yeah. she was a background singer. She was used to singing with other people. So doing the backgrounds, you're kind of like, here's your here's your note, sing it. And I think she came from the church too. So you were used to singing like in a group setting. Vera, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> you can tell Beyonce wasn't feeling her anyway. Again, like you replaced yeah. my best friend and this is what we got. Like. Like, I know I, I know I chose you to replace her as well because I was there for the auditions and stuff. But I just don't understand why you're so bad still. Like, that, <laughs> that live performance of them singing together and her going, this is your note. Like, that is like, <laughs> that's this is your note. Like, that is hilarious. Like, you can't. Oh, my God. And it doesn't mean she's not talented because even me, like, I am not a grit at harmonizing anymore because I haven't sung with a group in so long. But like I had times where I'm like, well, put my finger in my ear real quick. I'm a, I'm because you you jump onto whatever the highest frequency is. You kind of like hop onto whatever. That I've never had someone go, "This is your note to me." Like in mid performance, so like no, you're not gonna embarrass me. <laughs> but yes, um, so 
Farah unfortunately was not uh not one of Destiny's favorite children. Uh, she was she had to leave. So following Farah's departure, the group continued their intense touring and promotional duties, which included touring as the opening act for Christina Aguilera. And the group's first release as a trio in August 2000 was Independent Women Part 1 for the soundtrack of the film Charlie's Angels. And this song spent 11 consecutive weeks at number one atop the Billboard 100. Yeah. Woo, which is good, you know, like... I mean, 11 weeks is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's that's pretty good. You know, like that's that's light work. 11 weeks. <laughs> I remember that time. It was huge. It was yeah. literally everywhere. Completely yeah. inescapable. Yeah, I think I think because of the movie, it also helped as well. Because that movie was so good. I mean, a reboot. One of the first reboots I didn't realize it was a reboot as a kid. But I just yeah. love so, so much. Three awesome women. And you have now the three DC three. Um, the silhouette was just absolutely per- perfect. The high budget for this video. Oh, my. Um, I was obsessed with the movie and the song. This song is interesting because it's like um, you hear multiple voices that don't belong <laughs> to some of the members seen in the video, which I think is so interesting because I think about the the uh, Farrah's, Farrah's singing, like you said, is not bad. And she was taking Latoya's uh, parts, essentially, as the, the, the top soprano. And um, I think about how she went to Keely Williams for like this like girl group reunion show like years ago. And she goes, Keely was like, why are you here? <laughs> Keely was, she was like, because I was part of Destiny's Child. Like, obviously, we sell records. She goes, they sell records. But technically speaking, her harmonies are on the album and yes, the song. They are. Yes, so they she's are. not technically wrong. But I just think about that clip. She goes, well, why are you here? Like, they sold records, not you. <laughs> It just sucks because, again, you hear Farah very prevalently, prevalently on the album, on, on yes. the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for those of you who are just curious, there are like those acapella versions that you can listen to. But even yeah. I bought it. That's yeah. pretty much all Farah, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she's all over the chorus. She's doing yeah. that high harmony in the bridge. Yeah, she's all over it. So. Hopefully she's still getting those royalties. <laughs> Ooh, yes. But yes, the song, though, is a classic. Mm. And oh, yeah, totally. Beyonce's writing had developed so much already. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty crazy that only a few years prior was the first album. You know, like, yeah. the timeline's pretty crazy here. Yeah. Um, and I love Kelly's pre-chorus as well. Mm-hmm. Again, you have the sing-along moment. And of course, the chorus is just made for crowd participation. And the confidence is just so good. Like they're really sitting in their own now. Like they're yeah. they're really oh. actually confident in themselves now. And it feels very genuine. And mm-hmm. it's just a very natural progression from kind of where we were at the time. Because now it's more like, it's not just about the men in your life and, and kind of making sure that you are asserting yourself there. It's more just like, no, I'm just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's an awesome progression to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Beyonce's writing was... Uh... Not growing. I feel like she's always had it, but she never had an opportunity to write a lot because Latoya like recently had mentioned Beyonce and like gave her props about how her work ethic was always super crazy. And like they would go to the pool and have a good time. They're like, oh, where's where's B? So she went to go see where she was and she was in the car riding to like a, a track in the car, like a CD that was playing on the radio. So she's been writing since she was a kid. And like two years later, she would get like the ASCAP. Um, songwriters award so it was impressive to kind of see her what 1920 
writing mm-hmm. this kind of song, co-producing, even with Jumpin' Jumpin'. So yeah, definitely showed a lot of promise for sure. So the lead single from the third album, Survivor, was its title track, Survivor. Beyonce wrote the empowering song and was inspired by the media's comparison of the group's changing lineup to the number one reality TV show at the time, Survivor during which the cast conspires against each other to vote members off the island that they are living on. And the song and music video were again a huge commercial success and also won awards, including a Grammy and an MTV Video Music Award. Latoya and Latavia also filed a lawsuit again after the track came out, claiming that the lyrics violated their previous agreement that they would not insult each other in public. Mm. That's rough. I mean, I mean, I mean, when you are friends with or dating or whatever your relationship is with a writer, songwriter, everything's copy. Sorry to everyone. Um, <laughs> everything's copy at that point. Um, she didn't say anything terrible. She no. was just saying, not you out of my life so much better. You thought we wouldn't sell it out. You sold out millions. And I love the performances at this time because she went from like millions to nine million to 33 million. I'm like, Girl, <laughs> why are you being petty? Like she was like, <laughs> I love it. But you know what? It's one of those things where it's like, I can understand why Beyonce would get really upset at the time. Because again, if you think about her her work ethic and how everything had like essentially fallen apart with her best friends, you another girl was missing. People are looking at you as if you're the reason why, when technically it is your dad who's doing it by proxy because he loves you so much. It's like, ah! so she's like, wait, so 33 million? It's, it's warranted. You know? <laughs> yeah, Beyonce really did take the brunt of it. Yeah, for sure. At this point, people were like, oh, she must be terrible to work with. Her whole family are awful people like these poor ladies that are being screwed over by Beyonce and her family. Like it was really bad at the time. So this was yeah. a great statement to make for sure. It's so endemic. It's great. Yes. And honestly, can I just say, one of my favorite time, favorite like moments of this time, I remember watching a war show and Chris Rock was like, say my name, say my name. How can I say your name? Because every time I learn a bee's name, you kick the bitch out the group. <laughs> so, yeah, when I think about this song, I think about all the moments they've had, like everything, like all of the feelings that they may have had at the time and mm-hmm. what the song means to people. Like even beyond like, you know, um, all the crap that you go through with your friends or a loved one, like and then the and the chorus got real, the, the bridge gets really like spiritual. A lot of people look at this as like, I survived cancer. I survived yeah. this, survived that. So the song means it transcends its initial meaning. Um, and, uh, yeah, so shout out to Michelle and that bridge. Cause since then she became like the bridge queen. Like she was, <laughs> yes, this is the first time we've had Michelle get her own verse in a single. Kelly also gets her own special moment as yeah. well. So now mm-hmm. we're finally in this song and then on a lot of the album as well, yeah. Kelly and Michelle getting real featured moments on the songs, which is great. Beyonce co-wrote and co-produced almost every song on the album and, again, was a huge commercial success and is also one of the biggest-selling girl group albums of all time. And the group would go on to release a few more singles from the project, all of which achieved global commercial success. I love the Survivor album, for sure. This is another one that I hammered at the time. That booklet is also quite tattered. (laughs) I do think, though, it is too long. Like, some of the tracks are a little fillery, like perfect man, and then you've got sexy daddy, and like there's a little oh, lull. Sexy daddy. There's a little lull in the in the middle there, and then you got all the ballads all lumped together at the end as well. So the sequencing also just isn't great. What? But overall, I like the experimentation throughout it. Like it's not just 
like I th- I, th- I think with the writings on the wall and and mm-hmm. the first album, mm-hmm. they were all very sonically cohesive. Yeah, like every song kind of fit with each other. They all kind of had the same vibe to it. This song was, I mean, this album was a lot more interesting. Um, like you get like yeah. the weird circusy sounds of the independent woman part two. Yeah, you get the joyfulness and happy faith. So yeah, it's a solid album and mm-hmm. it fits kind of where they were in their age at the time. They're now really becoming young women, discovering their confidence, but then also mixing it in with, you know, discoveries with, you know, relationships and kind of being more vulnerable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I enjoy the album. What do you think? Yeah, I think, as I mentioned, Happy Face was like a standout because I was like, what is that? What the heck? Um, but again, it just kind of lends itself to the whole like Beyonce and the group willing to kind of explore different sounds because it's a, it's a little like whimsy considering what they've done before. It's whimsical. It's uh, bright. Um, and I like that you actually can hear people like different distribution. I, again, I think because. Beyonce is the figurehead, essentially. Like At the end of the day, she's a good businesswoman. People respect her opinion. When members talk about her, it's always like, her dad pissed me off, but the girl knew what the heck she was doing. So I feel like she may have had a little bit more of a hand in being able to say, no, let, let her sing it or let her sing this part. Oh, she'll sound really good here. Or as she's writing this song, oh, Kelly's going to kill this. Oh, Michelle, I know she's going to take this to church. You know what I'm saying? Like, she knows her members and she didn't just treat them like Farrah <laughs> but they, but you could tell that they actually were like oh wait hang on like yeah I I know these girls and I want to get to know them well Sherry knew Kelly but you know I want to get to know Michelle more what can she do and yeah. then give her what she's good at you know well I think it's interesting because if you look at it also from potentially a business side it could also be a business thing as well I think mm. they kind of knew they wanted to take a little hiatus after this album and that mm-hmm. they want to kind of get the girls doing some solo stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's also a good opportunity, right? You have this new lineup that you're promising is the final one. Yeah. You give these new, you give these two other members a little bit more in the song. So people kind of know them a bit better just to set them up for the solo stuff. So you can kind of see it from that way as well. But we actually haven't given Michelle any flowers up to this point. So I think this is a good moment because I actually love Michelle's tone. I tend to root for the underdog and people were really mean to Michelle. They still are sometimes. Yeah. And I'm always defending her because she is brilliant. Her she voice is. is so distinctive. It has such a cool tone to it. Mm-hmm. And her parts in a lot of the Destiny's Child songs from this point onward are often the best parts. <laughs> I'm crying. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. the bridge queen. She's a, yeah. But honestly, I think the reason we weren't really paying attention or like able to give her flowers because she didn't have a seed yet. Um, Survivor was like the first single that we got like a, a yeah. seed of like something to give her. Like, oh, here, here's a flower. Because, uh, yeah, that was the only time I heard her in a single up until that point, right? So yeah, I yeah. get what you're saying. And it's hard because... I listen to her and I'm like, oh, she technically like speaking, like where's her voice sit? She's a soprano. So for her to have to sit there and take Latavia's notes. Oh, yes. my God, that's terrible. Because me, I've, I've done that before where I've sang a soprano part. And then second half, second act of a show, I had to do alto. It is like kind of mind numbing because the harmonies are so much more complicated down there. Like when you're up, it's like, OK, some little tricky ones. But when you're down, it's like. Alpha notes are tough. People don't give it a lot of credit, but alpha notes are very tough, at least for me. Um, but yeah, kudos to her for, again, being a gospel singer and then singing, quote unquote, secular music. I'm not saying she would never do it, mm-hmm. but her voice doesn't typically lend itself 
in the pop landscape you not heard a girl that sings yep. like her in pop like at all unfortunately so it, it, kudos to her seriously yeah. for like jumping in and then beyonce like i said business wise personally and professionally thinking hmm, go ahead all oh, the darkness and sadness go ahead girl do that that's brilliant yes. uh-huh. <laughs> also i i've been lucky and have actually met michelle and talked to her a little bit and she was one of the nicest people she's one of the nicest celebrities i've ever met so, yeah, she seems like she seems yeah. funny as heck too. I want to watch interviews with them. She'll be the first one to sit there and throw some shit. <laughs> I like her. She yes. has a good personality for sure. I think she's probably one of the, the. I think that's why she fit in with the group because she reminds me of how they used to talk in those hotel interviews. Yeah, yeah. And I love that in. they always refer to her as like the angel sent to them. Yeah. And they really did a, they did a good job yeah. showing to the public that she was a real genuine important part of the group she mm-hmm. wasn't just the new one yeah you know she she was she had an important place there luckily survivor was not the only awesome single from the survivor album the next single was bootylicious with samples edge of 17 by stevie nicks Bootylicious became a popular catchphrase, has stalked Beyonce to the end of time, and it was even added as an official word in the English dictionary. Oh my God, this is such a fun time because I remember everyone, Bootylicious Beyonce, she got so sick of it. Bootylicious, Bootylicious, Boot. God, she got so sick of it. I think they all <laughs> got sick of it. I think Kelly even said that they like stopped performing it. Like even when we were watching the Destiny Fulfilled concert, they literally performed yeah. it for like 30 seconds in that yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, this is one of those songs where I, when the rose all day, like, oh my God, I love Bootylicious. I love Bling. Crowd finds the song and they wear it out. And then you're just like, I don't like it as much, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the bridge of the song is probably one of my favorite because like the whole song is very nodish to like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, Because I remember them performing at MJ for like his, his Madison Square Garden yes. like celebration thing. So I think that's like really, interesting that's what they heard but you can hear it in the verses I'm like yo I cannot imagine what it was like letting Beyonce sit there hit those ad-libs as you're singing the verse like I'm pretty sure she came after but it's just so funny to hear that and then um the 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 bridge this song I enjoy the remix I like with oh, yeah. uh, with Missy because they were they were both at their peaks at the time. Kelly singing the full verse. Um, move your body up and down. You got freaking, yeah, come on, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like you have Michelle with her part. Like each part of this song is ear candy, and it's so interesting. Like how such a ridiculous song, like quote unquote ridiculous song, like this will never get made again in the terms of like actually being good. Like, it's not, it's silly. It's a silly concept to be booty and delicious and be bootylicious all mixed up, right? But the song is good. Like, the top mm-hmm. line is really good. The subject matter, subject matter again, is super silly. But the song is, like, really mm-hmm. good. And I love the, the video. It's, it's them wearing what they want to wear, wearing Tina's designs, which is crazy because way back in the day, they couldn't even walk into showrooms and they would always get no's because they were a black group. And now they're sitting there wearing the shimmer and the glitter and the blah, blah, blah. And then like they become like style icons, you know? Yeah. So it's it's great. In the video, they have a good sense of humor. You can see how they really are. They're all Southern girls with accents and just mildly hood. <laughs> but singing a pop song, Stevie's in the video. Like it was all just so much fun to watch. 
Yeah. So when I was prepping for this episode, I just kind of watched all the music videos in a row. Yeah. And this one stands out in the best way, because I think up until this point, they were taking themselves very seriously. Mm. And so now you finally get to see them just have a little fun and be a little silly and not try that hard anymore. And I love how bright it is. The hot pink, the hot blue, like, yeah, the all everything is just perfect. And I have to shout out the live version that they did on tour with that extra ending. Mm. Have, have you heard that one? You can't handle me. Yeah, That's so good. Yeah, it, I'm like, who added that? That's extra. It's no, so like, good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's giving Beyonce. I mean, Beyonce live is always super live, super like obnoxious. But again, I think that obnoxiousness that she would have for live performances just adds to the experiences. Like what you said, you can't handle me. you're like oh okay okay and it makes the song more interesting too Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah oh my goodness such a good song and it's interesting what this album rollout was doing because it was like strong song kind of answering the haters and then a goofy song and then you get the next single which is emotion featuring a music video that would eventually be parodied by mad tv in a now like legendary sketch I love their version of emotion. It is yeah. so beautiful. It's up there. If anyone ever does those like best girl group ballad playlists or anything, this needs to be on there. Mm-hmm. And also is a great example of how a cover should be done, right? Like we always talk about like how covers can be really boring if you don't do anything new with it. Yeah. If you listen to the original version of this and then yeah. Destiny's Child's version, like they really took it to level 10. Yeah. Like they improved it. They yeah. added interesting riffs to it. They added yeah. interesting lyrics to it. Yes. Oh man, it's such a beautiful song and remains one of my favorite Destiny's Child songs, actually. No, it's great. I think I um I think someone from The Voice, a young lady, I forgot her name, but she's um she's like a ginger lady, but she got really popping because she had done emotions almost like to the T of how Beyonce's runs are. The runs in this song are the albums are freaking oh, insane. insane. Like I said, Beyonce was extra. Like if you know Beyonce, there's a bunch of videos. If you're like a fan, you've seen the videos where it's like the most ridiculous things, the 10 top ridiculous things were like uh, when Beyonce's extra days, you know, it's a Beyonce song when like it's a joke. Right. But she was so extra. And I and I enjoy it because the Mad TV like rendition of it is hilarious and so accurate because when I think of this <laughs> song, I think about when they covered it with Celine Dion. Beyonce going, hey! She's saying these high ass notes, and then Celine's sitting there like, okay, boo, you got it. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. I love that so much. <laughs> I'm like, you are into it. She is very dedicated, and she was still like 20 something at the time. I remember when I was background dancing, mm-hmm. there's footage of me. I look extra as hell. And it's okay. When you're young, you learn that. So when you get older, it's more refined and like, you know, but golly. I what love that Celine Dion performance because, yes, it's <laughs> hilarious, but also great. So it is exactly yes. it's so good, but it's just like, huh? <laughs> And the Mad TV sketch. Oh my yeah. gosh. Every time that comes up, like recommended or someone mentions or something, I have to go watch it because it's so <laughs> good. Because the music video actually of Emotion is beautiful. I love the yes. way they did the three different screens with like yes. different stories, sometimes relationships, like different relationships and, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but this one, oh man. <laughs> if you've never seen it, please go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll Deborah Wilson in the below. is amazing. It's just beyond. <laughs> 
Oh man, so the final single from the Survivor album was Nasty Girl, and it was only released in certain countries. Nasty Girl is a condescending song describing the habits of a promiscuous woman. So, (laughs) (laughs) you can't release this song now. To constantly talk about, you know, how hot a woman is. That is, first of all, that's very Southern to do. Like, oh, she's a hot one. She's a hot one. She, you know, she's flaming. Um, And then... Again, it just feels very like holier than thou. The lyrics a little bit, yes, even the so way they condescending. were condescending. Yeah, even the way they were dressed kind of gave like church ladies, like you look like, like <laughs> the silks and the jeans and the heels, like the hair that she had, like they they all had, like it was giving church lady. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can talk crap about someone and still want the best for them, but unfortunately, in R and B and hip hop, like the the rhetoric of a lot of like females mm-hmm. is females. A lot of women, like rappers or singers, is to condescend about like a woman's like trysts and escapades like that's the biggest insult like you're you're, th- you're thingy stank or you you thingy loose and you thingy this that and the third like that's like Oof. the ultimate insult in like r&b and hip-hop and i hate it um yeah i mean this has just aged so terribly but i just love it as just a time <laughs> capsule like that oh video God, yes. at the end when those women go through the nasty zapper <laughs> <laughs> And they come out in like looking like more church ladies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? It's, it's brilliant. Also, just to add to how ironic and horrible everything is, mm-hmm. when they performed this song on tour, Destiny's Child is wearing these like very revealing <laughs> gold outfits, right? And they have these dancers come out, some of them wearing more than Destiny's Child are. And they're like, Pointing at the woman like nasty, put some clothes on. I told you, it's like, like at least put on a jacket for this said, song. You said what? <laughs> it just makes no sense. It makes no sense, and it just, it just adds to how hilarious the song is. But what makes it even better is that the song is so fun to sing along to. Yeah, but you now nasty girl. <laughs> given the current climate, though, you can only sing the song in private. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah. And also, I think it's so funny that you were saying about their tours. Like, the girls were dressed in the Bugaboo music video the way the girls are dressed now in the nasty girl with the with the, the top and the shorts and the pants. I'm like, y'all get out of here. Um, but yeah, this song, wow. Wow. I mean, what I'm a great way to close out this era. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking it was going to do. I get, Again, it might be one of those, I'm mad at y'all, F y'all. Like, the, the, the lawsuit's done. Put it out. Like, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But luckily, they would end the year with some cheer. Because for the holiday season in 2001, the group decided to release the single and album Eight Days of Christmas, which featured traditional Christmas songs as well as original compositions by the group. Destiny's Child embarked on a massive world tour to support the Survivor album and release the fantastic This Is The remix compilation (laughs) featuring true remixes with different melodies and vocals. And after years of nonstop work for the group, the members decided to take a hiatus. Of course, this was also part of Matthew Knowles' big strategic marketing plan. Yes, as we were just talking about a little earlier, Mm -hmm. Matthew always knew that Destiny's Child was just step one and that the members could capitalize on that exposure to become stars in their own right. 
And so during this hiatus, which started in 2002, the members of Destiny's Child pursued solo careers. So we're not going to get like really detailed into it, but we'll just do a really quick rundown, right? So Beyonce starred in an Austin Powers movie and also released her debut solo album, Dangerously in Love, in 2003. Kelly had a huge hit single with Dilemma, which was done with Nelly, and also starred in the movie Freddy vs. Jason. And then she also released her debut solo album, Simply Deep. Mm-hmm. Then Michelle appeared in Aida on Broadway and also released a gospel album. And Matthew actually partnered with Columbia Records to create the gospel record label specifically for Michelle's release. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. He, he, he did like Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to outshine my baby girl. So, you know. <laughs> oh, dang. Hey. That's less competition. Um, but you know, it's interesting how Beyonce's album got pushed back because Work It Out didn't work, like didn't have the success that they believed it was going to. Like, I, yes. that's again, it shows like, yeah, Beyonce's very talented, but had Amory not done one thing and then a Crazy in Love, ha- when she would have not been that's the right. lead, the lead, the pulling a Beyonce, it would have been pulling a Kelly because Kelly was the biggest one at the time because, you know, Dilemma had come Dilemma. out. Unfortunately, Simply Deep did not get the love it deserved. Like she had a song about like, you know, um, self-deletion on there. A lot of other like really good like ballads and she can, she was holding it down. But Simply Deep got no play. I love Kelly's entire solo career and I would love to talk about it and how (laughs) shafted she is and how underrated she is. She's actually, she's performing at all these prides and stuff this summer Mm -hmm. in the UK. I would love to go. I would love to see her solo. She's brilliant. And yes, I love Stole. I love Simply Deep. Um, And it it would be interesting to get a little more into why Kelly maybe isn't as big as she should be. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of dynamics there, a lot of which speaks to kind of what you've been saying this whole time. Um, I think Michelle's release was also really interesting to see because she released her gospel album in the middle of the Survivor tour, actually. Mm. So she was actually the first to release the full project. And it actually did really well. It went to number one in the gospel chart. The single was actually pretty good and she performed it on the tour. Um, So I'm happy that she was actually given the opportunity and Matthew learned from his previous mistakes and actually did what she did what he could for her yes and what she wanted yeah i mean the girls were interested in different sounds and goals and i think that's kind of what helped make his decision like less how can i sabotage i don't think he was doing that but um i'm not sure when it came correct me if i'm wrong but when did the girls decide to seek outside management from him that was much later much later right okay yeah but yeah i think again it's interesting that they trusted him at this time to do that um even with all the stuff that was going on. But I think he did have, like I said, he did have the best interest of, of the group at heart. But if you if you went against the status quo, the Beyonce quo, no offense. Again, like this is a, oh, every time I say this, I want people to like, oh, you hate her. I don't hate her. It's just it's what, I, what I'm seeing because of the dad. Um, he seemed to kind of get them out the way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I liked Beyonce's Work It Out song. I liked it because she's always been very into funk. And things like that so it's not new to her mm-hmm. but it's interesting how no one was really paying attention to it then because they're like girl what the hell is this yeah i kind of remember that time because i think people were excited that she was in austin powers and then that yeah. song people that's not what people wanted from her yeah you know exactly. it's not a sexy song yeah you know it's very mm-hmm. kind of like tina turner like very yeah. like energetic and yeah. and she was like screaming on it that's not what people wanted you know, no. so yeah. crazy and love was. 
So mm-hmm. it is yeah, interesting this- to see that that era, the initial attempt was actually a flop. Mm-hmm. Woo, boy, I mean, you live and you learn. You live and mm. you learn, all right? <laughs> and all the members achieved success in their own right. And after a few more albums and projects over the next few years, the group was ready to come together one more time in 2004. Time for one more recess break. Part three is coming up where we discuss Destiny Fulfilled, the various reunions, what's next for the group, and also give some of our discography highlights. See you there. And don't forget to follow us at CCTV Pops on all social media.